Before we turn uh, to the scripture this morning, I'd like to have a special word of prayer. Um, it's not related to Memorial Day, but related to, you know, what took place this week in, in Texas. And uh, this is a very difficult Sunday morning uh, for a lot of parents. And um, we want to pray for them today and, their fa- and, the, and the family members of these who uh, were killed in, the, in that tragic uh, scene in that school. So we're going to join with people all around the country, all around the world, uh, praying for them and their comfort today. So let's bow together in prayer. Our Heavenly Father, uh, we mourn today uh, with those who are mourning in Texas, those who have lost um, children, brothers and sisters, um, fathers, mothers. Um, Such a tragic scene, and we know many of them are uh, worshiping you today in their churches there in their town. And we pray that you would bring comfort and strength. Some can't bring themselves to worship yet. Some maybe don't know you. And we pray for these, these survivors, uh, that you would minister to them, that you would encourage them. You'd bring healing to their souls. Uh, we pray for the, the children of that school, the entire school is there recovering from that terror. And we pray that you would do your supernatural work in their lives, bringing healing and strength and wisdom to them and to their parents and their, their teachers. Um, so many, so many difficult things um, that they're facing, and we lift them up to you, the one who can help on the most difficult days. We thank you for the provision that you've made for every one of us through Jesus Christ. And we pray that he would be lifted up, um, not only here, but also there um, in their time of mourning. And that you would draw many, many men and women and boys and girls to yourself um, during these days. We pray for the family of the, of, of the man who, uh, who did the shooting, and we pray that you would minister to them and that you would encourage them, that you would draw them to a, a close walk with you or, or personal faith uh, in Christ uh, through this tragedy. And Father, we pray for uh, those around our country and around the world who are prone uh, to do these kinds of things. And we pray that you would uh, work in their lives, that you would put people around them that can help them, that can get them the help that they need. Uh, and we, we pray for your protection against these kinds of things um, today and in the future. And we thank you that we can always turn to you. And we thank you for the comfort that only you can bring us. In Jesus' name, amen. Well, at this time, if you would take your Bibles and turn in your Old Testament to 2 Samuel chapter 23, 2 Samuel chapter 23, I want to read a passage that is the only passage that I can find that is kind of a Memorial Day passage um, in Scripture. Uh, these are some of the last words of, of King David, the second king of Israel, and if you know his history, um, he was a, a man of war, and the Lord used him to secure Israel's borders and to provide security to that land that had been very unstable. And uh, one of the things that David uh, thanked the Lord for were his mighty men, his soldiers, and, and the leaders of his soldiers in particular. And so I want to read this this morning. Um, as a, as a reminder that what we do as a country in Memorial Day is, is not something foreign 
uh, to Scripture, not something foreign to God. He appreciates us giving thanks and, and paying honor and respect to those who deserve it. And so Second um, Samuel chapter 23, verse 1. These are the last words of David. The oracle of David, son of Jesse, the oracle of the man exalted by the Most High, the man anointed by the God of Jacob, Israel's singer of songs. The Spirit of the Lord spoke through me. His word was on my tongue. The God of Israel spoke. The rock of Israel said to me, when one rules over men in righteousness, when he rules in the fear of God, he is like the light of morning at sunrise on a cloudless morning. Like the brightness after rain that brings the grass from the earth. Is not my house right with God? Has he not made me with an everlasting covenant, arranged and secured in every part? Will he not bring to fruition my salvation and grant me my every desire? But evil men are all to be cast aside like thorns, which are not gathered with the hand. Whoever touches thorns uses a tool of iron or the shaft of a spear. They are burned up where they lie. These are the names of David's mighty men. Now, excuse my pronunciations, those of you who are experts in ancient Hebrew. Jasheb Vashebeth, a Tehachmanite, was chief of the three. He raised his spear against 800 men whom he killed in one encounter. Next to him was Eleazar, son of Dodai the Ohite. As one of the three mighty men, he was with David when they taunted the Philistines gathered at Pass Damim for battle. Then the men of Israel retreated, but he stood his ground and struck down the Philistines till his hand grew tired and froze to the sword. The Lord brought about a great victory that day. The troops returned to Eleazar, but only to strip the dead. Next to him was Shammah, son of Aji, the Harite. When the Philistines banded together at a place where there was a field full of lentils, Israel's troops fled fled from them. But Shammah took his stand in the middle of the field. He defended it and struck the Philistines down, and the Lord brought about a great victory. During the harvest time, three of the 30 chief men came down to David at the cave of Adullam while a band of Philistines was encamped at the valley of Rephaim. At that time, David was in the stronghold and the Philistine garrison was at Bethlehem. David longed for water and said, Oh, that someone would get me a drink of water from the well near the gate of Bethlehem. So the three mighty men broke through the Philistine lines, drew water from the well near the gate of Bethlehem, and carried it back to David. But he refused to drink it. Instead, he poured it out before the Lord. 
far be it from me, O Lord, to do this, he said. Is it not the blood of men who went at the risk of their lives and David would not drink it? Such were the exploits of the three mighty men. Abishai, brother of Joab, son of Zeruah, was chief of the three. He raised his spear against 300 men whom he killed, and so he became as famous as the three. Was he not held in greater honor than the three? He became their commander, even though he was not included among them. Beninah, son of Jehoiada, was a valiant fighter from Kabzeel, who performed great exploits. He struck down two of Moab's best men. He also went down into a pit on a snowy day and killed a lion. And he struck down a huge Egyptian. Although the Egyptian had a spear in his hand, Benina went against him with a club. He snatched the spear from the Egyptian's hand and killed him with his own spear. Such were the exploits of Benina, son of Jehoiada. He too was as famous as the three mighty men. He was held in greater honor than any of the 30, but he was not included among the three. And David put him in charge of his bodyguard. And then he continues on with a list of the 30. And I want to read this this morning as a reminder of the way that God uses men even in the difficult, ugly things of battle and of war. Now, in this particular case, as David's referring uh, to Israel, God's nation, a a special nation, a a nation different even than the United States, even though we like to think of, of our country as being a Christian nation, it is so only because there are a lot of Christians here. Uh, not because it has a special calling on it like Israel do, um, does. But Israel, as we, as we look at it, and we look at, at David's special relationship, and David's, you know, using, we've even talked about him in the last couple of weeks as being a type of Christ, a, a person that we look at in his life and see many ways in which he portrayed some of the things that Jesus himself was going to do when he came to live in this world. So he's referred to often as a type of Christ. When we look at David, and we look at the way that he was honoring these men who served him. We recognize that God used them even in the difficult things. I mean, I've never, I've never been involved in a, in a situation where, where my hand was so tired that it froze to the sword that I was using to protect my country. The closest thing I have to that was salmon fishing in Alaska on July 5th, and it was so cold that as I was trying to reel in that 55-pound salmon that I caught, just thought I'd mention that, uh, that my hand was basically locked onto that, onto the, onto the reel as, as I was trying to reel it in. But that's nothing compared to what these men experienced, serving the Lord through their service in the military. Now, that was a special calling in Israel because they were God's nation. But as we see from Romans chapter 13, the nations of the world after that, the people that are called to serve in their military also have special uh, special responsibilities. And so it's important for us to remember even today, even though the United States isn't Israel, 
and our soldiers aren't, you know, in God's army as, as these were, that our soldiers are God's servants. Today we recognize those who have died for our country, but we also want to remember those who are serving our country now or have served our country, you know, um, faithfully. We want to give thanks to them and for them. We want to support them. We want to pray for them. We want to encourage them and remember how important their, their role is. God has decided in his wisdom to use men and women to do this hard work, to do this special work. And so we want to remember them as we remember those who have fallen for our country. We want to remember those who currently serve or, or have served in, in the recent past and be thankful for them and to honor them and to, and to respect them and especially to pray for them. Now, it's also important to remember, and, and, it, and it, I think it's very important in, in these days where there's a sort of a, a, a unique spirit of, of nationalism uh, among us, that we need to be careful not to think that someone who dies for their country is, is given some kind of special, um, special honor to be saved by their service for their country. It's important for us to remember that. You know, there are um, ancient traditions and pagan traditions where, um, where, where people who are fighting for their, for their country or for their clan or for their tribe, that if they die in that fight, that they're ushered immediately into their, their um, thought of heaven and that kind of thing. That's not the case. We know from Old Testament and New Testament that salvation comes in one way, not by defending our country, not by being good people, not by being great servants, not by being great people. Salvation comes through faith in God. That's what we have to remember. All the way back to Genesis chapter 15, um, in, in uh, verse 6, he says this about the father of, of, the, of the Israelites, Abraham. He says, Abraham believed God, and it was credited to him as righteousness. That was a great statement on how people are saved, by believing in God. Because when we believe in God, he then makes us his righteousness. That's what he's talking about when he refers to the Lord, what the Apostle Paul is talking about when he refers to the Lord Jesus. and says, God made him who knew no sin to be sin for us, that we might become the righteousness of God. So even in the Old Testament, even, even these men that David was, was, was respecting and honoring by mentioning them here in 2 Samuel, they weren't saved because of their, their efforts on the battlefield. Oh, they were saved physically in many cases. These, I mean, imagine this one man beating and in, 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 killing 800 people. And that, that is an amazing thing. It shows that he wasn't alone. He wasn't doing this alone. Not only did he have help among his troops, but most of all, he had help from God. Because it was God's plan. It was God's will for him for, for that to happen that day. Now, there are other times when Israel didn't win. We remember the prophecies of Habakkuk. We referred to them a few weeks ago. Where Habakkuk's main main point in his in his prophecy was god why are you letting a country worse than israel come against us and destroy us the assyrians and there god was very clear to back says i use whatever means i want to 
to judge who I want to judge, when I want to judge them. And now is the time for judgment on Israel because of of their rebellion against me. And I'm going to use the Assyrians. Yes, they might be worse than the Israelites, but I can use them as I want to. They'll be judged in their own time. And so we know that Israel, just because it was Israel, didn't always win every battle. But in these, the stories of these men that David is honoring, these were victors. These were, these were men who won great victories. But they're not alive today. And it's our hope for them, as it's our hope for the soldiers that have fallen, you know, for the United States of America. It's our hope that, that they also put their trust in God like Abraham did. We also want to recognize that while people aren't saved through their service in the military, that those who are already believers in Christ have the opportunity to use that service in service to God. It's what the Apostle Paul is talking about. I think that, that Paul's talking about that in Romans chapter 13, but he also refers to it in 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 10, where he says that we must all stand before the judgment seat of Christ, where we will receive rewards for the, the work that we've done in our body, whether good or bad. And so those soldiers who, are, who already know Christ, who are serving Christ by their service to our country, they're serving not only um, us and, and their commanders and their commander-in-chief, they're also serving God. And those who serve him for his glory will also be rewarded eternal rewards at the judgment seat of Christ, just like all of us will for all the things that we do for Christ. This is one of those things. Serving, serving in the military is one of those things for those who are believers in Christ. But the thing that we want to remember as we, as we talk about this is that there are, there are a lot of believers within our, within our armed uh, forces. And we praise God for that. And we want to pray for them as they serve with others who don't know Christ, that they would be strong witnesses, that they would take the time to explain their own faith in Christ, their own understanding from God's word of what it means to be saved, so that those who serve in our military will also recognize that they can be serving God at the same time. We had the opportunity a number of years ago uh, to, to be one of the host churches uh, for five uh, Ukrainian military chaplains. And from some of you remember that. It's a number of years ago. Um, they came to the States to, to, to find out um, how that works. That was something that, that hadn't been done in their country when they were part of the uh, former Soviet Union. And so as a, as a free country, they wanted to include chaplaincy uh, within their military. What an honor for us to be able to encourage them that, um, that day when they were here. Uh, through the ministry of New Life uh, Church um, that Vasily Lantuk is pastor of that we partner with uh, in many ways. So what, what an honor for us to show them something that our military has had for years. And isn't that a great thing? That within our military there are chaplains who can encourage our soldiers in their faith in Christ. But also that all of our soldiers have the freedom to share their own faith, whether whether a chaplain or not, to share their own faith with those that they're serving with. And we know of many, many people over the years who have come to faith in Christ through their service in the military. And so on this Memorial Day, 
as we think of those who have fallen, those who have already gone before us, we also want to remember those who are serving today. And so remember in your prayers, not only their protection, which they need, which they're thankful that you're praying for them, but not only for their physical protection, but we also pray for their spiritual well-being. We pray for their growth in Christ if they're already believers in Christ. We also pray for their witness to their, their fellow soldiers so that those soldiers will have this confidence as they serve our country that even if they would fall, and that's a possibility for all soldiers, that even if they fall, they know where they're going to spend eternity because of the, what they've, of the faith that they've placed in Jesus Christ. Pray for the soldiers that are believers in those contexts right now that are sharing with their, with their fellow soldiers. And pray for those who don't know Christ, that they'll be open to those conversations, that they'll be open to the ministry of the Word of God, even during their training, even during their, um, their being stationed in different parts around the world, that they will recognize the truth of God's Word and the fact that God has made a provision for them, even as soldiers. Not only will he use them to help protect our country and give us the freedoms that we enjoy, but also that he wants them to be with him in eternity through faith in Jesus Christ. When we think about the special freedoms that we have in the United States, including the one that we're enjoying right now, and we recognize those who gave their lives, we also see that this freedom is something that the Apostle Paul told Timothy as a leader of a church to pray for. In 1 Timothy chapter 2, when he's, when he's telling uh, Timothy that, how to lead his church in prayer, he said to pray for kings and all those who are in authority so that they will allow people to live quiet and godly lives in all holiness as they live their lives. And you know, that didn't, that didn't happen very often in the day when Paul wrote that. But as an answer to, to the prayers of many, starting with Timothy, and over the years many have prayed that prayer, here we are today, able to do the very things that Paul was expressing a desire for Timothy to pray for. We're living in a country where we have the ability to live quiet and peaceful lives in all holiness and godliness. Right now, right here. He did it as he did, as he, as he saved Israel many times through the people of, the, uh, of, the, of their armed forces. He did it through people from the Revolutionary War on all the way to the, to the current days, to our, to our current conflicts. He's used people to secure us that freedom. And so while we, while we thank God for our country, while we thank God for our freedom, we remember those who have secured it for us those who have given of their lives, and in many cases, given their lives themselves. And so on this Memorial Day, uh, we want to praise God for those uh, who have given their lives. We want to praise God for those who are serving now. And if, if you would um, take a moment, if you're serving either in active duty or, or in the reserves, if you'd stand now so that we could recognize you and honor you, uh, we'd appreciate that opportunity. We appreciate you guys. Thank you.
Thank you for your service. And know that we are praying for you. And if you'll let us know um, your names and that kind of thing, we'll make sure that we pray for you by name. And so thank you uh, for standing and letting us honor you. But again, remember, the best way that we can honor them is to pray for them, for their safety, for their growth in Christ, and for their service to Christ um, in everything that they're doing. Let's bow together now for prayer. Our Heavenly Father, we want to thank you this morning for the people who have given their lives so that we can do what we're doing right now. For some of them, as they fought and died, they were thinking of services just like this that were going to be possible because of the battle that they were fighting. We thank you for them. And we pray for those who are serving today that you would be at work in their lives, that you would be drawing them to a closer walk with you or or a saving relationship with you through faith in Jesus. That they would recognize that as important as their work is, it isn't a work that brings salvation. No work is. Other than the work of believing in Jesus Christ. And so, Father, we pray for them today and pray that they would grow in their faith in their understanding of who Jesus is and what he's done for them and what he's called them to do as your servants. And Father, we pray that you would make their their ministry to other soldiers fruitful, that others would come to know Christ through their example, through their words, through the scripture that they share and that they know. And Father, we pray for their protection. You know the important work they're doing, the difficult work, the dangerous work that they're, that they're doing. And as you protected these mighty men of David and of Israel, we pray that you would protect our soldiers. The men and women who are giving of their lives right now. Father, we also pray for their families. You know the difficult life of the family of soldiers. We think of, of Linda Rogers as a three-year-old losing her dad to the service of our country and how difficult that made uh, the, the rest of her life and that of her family. So Father, we pray for the families of our current soldiers that you would protect them also, that you would encourage them, that you would grow them in their faith. And Father, if they don't know you, that through the this, this service of their son or daughter or husband or wife or father or mother that they would recognize the brevity of life and the, and the fact of eternal life and that they would put their trust in Jesus, your son. Father, we thank you for the fact that Jesus shared with us that he is the way and the truth and the life and that no one comes to the Father except through him. We thank you for that, Father. We thank you that Jesus is the one that you've provided him for us. And we pray that our soldiers would turn to him, that our leaders of our government would turn to him, 
And Father, there may be others here in our, in our service today who aren't uh, serving in the military, but who need Christ. Father, help them to see that Jesus is certainly the Savior of those in the military who put their trust in, but he also saves everyone who calls on his name. And so we pray that you would give people here today and people in churches all around the country and world today, give them the wisdom and the faith to put their trust in Jesus, your son, recognizing him as the only means of salvation, but as a sufficient means that he is able to do exactly what he said he would do. And he proved it through his resurrection from the dead. Father, help people to trust in him. Father, those of us who know him, help help us to grow and help us to follow you like soldiers, serving you with diligence, serving you with discipline and with great joy for what you've done for us in Christ. And it's in his name that we pray. Amen.